When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 43rd episode of Kiwi and the Bird Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the summary and spicy, The Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas in just one hour. As a heads up, this book is on the mature side, so if you're under the age of 18, stop listening. And if you know us, please also stop listening, please. Now, as we discuss everything about The Spanish Love Deception, and I mean everything, here is your one and only... Spoiler Spoiler alert! Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? I can, reluctantly. This is your one and only spoiler alert, you know? If you listen on, you're gonna be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I did that just for you, Tay. Spoiled! <laughs> I was like, what word is it gonna be? What's she gonna choose? <laughs> That was my favorite thing of all time. I'm making that my ringtone. <laughs> and now, on to the show. So, of course, we're talking about the Spanish love deception. And the most important thing in this book is the romance. So that's what we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about the fake dating, the buildup, maybe the sex. We're, we like to surprise you guys. We really do. <laughs> so what were your thoughts on the romance? Overall, I liked the tension. Pretty okay. I like the characters. Enough for me to finish the book. That's always a good thing. The sex (laughs) happened all at once. Yeah. Like, we have about 350 pages of, oh, I hate Aaron, but wait, he's actually really sweet. But wait, look at the way he's looking at me and my body is, is reacting in this way to him. Right? Yeah. But they've, like, barely hugged. Barely touched hands, they dance, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, they're animals. They're like actual animals. Yeah. Bunnies and heat. <laughs> yeah. And it's literally like that for like, I don't know, 40 pages? Of just one sex scene? No. Oh. So here's what happens. There's the one sex scene that lasts for a little bit. Okay. And then you kind of, like, get out of it, but then you also get, like, a little scene here. And you get out of it and things happen, but then you go right back into it. True. And it's just, like, this. It's literally a clusterfuck. <laughs> literally. Literally. A, liter- a literary clusterfuck. Yeah. There's also this whole thing with, I mean, this is the only second contemporary adult romance that I've read. Okay. The only other one I've read also had a hulking, giant, dark-haired man with authority who was also a giant simp who also, like, really was really horny and wanted to have sex. Yes. And so I was like, are all the men like this? (laughs) (laughs) For me, okay, so overall with the romance, like you said, I liked the build-up. I liked the characters. I liked the dynamic that they had. You know, Grumpy Sunshine, it's a classic. You know, the fake dating. I thought the fake dating would be utilized more. Oh, it would have been so good. I wanted there to be a little bit more uh, 
unsurety with what's real and what's fake. Because from the get-go, Aaron's basically like, this is real for me, and you'll know when I kiss you that it's real. I wanted there, though, to maybe be a little bit, because I did think that was sweet, but I wanted it to be delayed because I wanted there to be that angst of, is this all just a lie? Is he only doing this because of this, because of my family? Which I know Catalina does think, but there's just no true emotional gravity to it, I felt like, at least. Yeah. I almost kind of wish that the fake dating had started in the office for, like, whatever reason. Like, they would have to start it in the office and then been really awkward and been like, I don't know how to do this. Like, this is not coming naturally to me. And, like, as they go on throughout the weekend, it becomes more and more natural. And, like, then her body, like, starts shivering when he's near and she can feel his warmth, that kind of thing. Yes. So I wish they're, like, like, yeah, I agree with that, that the fake dating was not utilized as much as it could have been. And I thought at some point, too, because usually with fake dating, someone figures out it's fake. And we're, and we're introduced to a character, and I won't go too into it because we kind of talk about side characters later. But we're introduced to a relative of Catalina's named Charo. And she's like, if anyone's going to figure out that we're fake dating, it's her. And so I thought that there would maybe be a moment of confrontation there that would kind of green out the, the ultimate confession of, hey, everything I felt was real, but I don't know if you feel the same kind of thing. Ooh, that would have been good you know in the middle of the wedding like in the middle of the festivities you know like that moment where it's like this is the time where we have to confront now is this real yeah because I think one of my favorite scenes was when Aaron and Catalina were with Catalina's family in Spain and they were kind of had to keep up the ruse right and Aaron kept doing things you know and she's and then Catalina was like is he just doing this because of the fake dating or like I mean he has to be but it kind of felt real Right. And the whole like scene where Isabella was asking about just like how they met and everything. And Aaron goes into like the spiel and like, you're like, is this real? Is this not? Like, I loved that aspect. Yes. Like me as a reader, I wanted to know, like, is he serious? Is he just saying this? But, like, I know he's serious, but like, I also feel the, the, the same. Like guessing. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so if that, I mean, I understand having to build up the relationship of like, oh, I hate him, right, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like I kind of wanted him to fall in love with her the same that she did with him. Yes, because I got the sense that he was in love with her from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I do wish there was a little bit more falling on his side. I did want it to be fake in the beginning. I did want the touches to just be very unfeeling and very just for show. And then I wanted them to slowly and gradually become something deeper for her to be aware of it more for her to realize oh he's kind of lingering longer than he has to you know something like that where it's a little bit more of progression of hey it was fake in the beginning but now it's really real because I feel like that's what fake dating is I feel like it's a little bit more romantic when it is fake when it there isn't just one person pining after the other I do feel like when they're both falling then you feel the fall yes (laughs) yes I will say, though, I mean, Aaron did have his moments where, like, he was like, I'm not going to kiss you right now because I want to kiss you when there's no doubt in your mind that it's going to be real. Yeah. That was like I was like, okay, okay. Plus, I mean, I'm always a big fan of this where a man pays attention. Yes. Like, he knew her. He was like, you're allergic to cats, aren't you? (laughs) She's like, how did you know that? (laughs) He's like, you love fish tacos. And she's like, yeah, I do. How do you know that? See, I, I love that, like, that that was probably his most attractive trait to me. Yeah. 
I mean, the abs helped, yes. <laughs> but the most attractive trait was that he paid attention to her and learned about her because he wanted to and he kept that information. Yes. And oh, I mean, it's just like, I want a guy who knows like all the things that I love. And like when I'm sad, he's just like, oh yeah, I got you this very specific thing that you love. Yeah. And I remembered that you love it. And I'm going to give it to you because you're sad. Like, that's like a whole thing. That's, there are layers to that. Okay. One, the fact that he remembered. Mm-hmm. Two, the fact that he thought to bring it to me when I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Layers. <laughs> Love. <laughs> but I did, in the beginning, I did want there to be a little bit more hate. Yeah. Because Catalina just says, I hate him a lot. And he's the worst a lot. I feel like we don't really get an instance truly that shows, like, why they truly hate each other. Now, I know there's background info of Aaron said he didn't want to work with her and he was weird when she gave him a gift. I know there's things like that, but we weren't there as readers when that happened. So I feel like we don't really get kind of, like, how that would kind of stay with Catalina. So I do wish there was a little bit more of that hate factor. And I wish that he would remember these details about her kind of in spite like, oh, Ooh. I know you're allergic to cats because you talk, you complain about it all the time in the office. And it's like kind of spite things at first. Ugh. And then it slowly transitions into like, hey, I remember this because one day in the office you were really sad. And I remembered one time you mentioned that, you know, fish tacos make you happy. You know, and it kind of goes from spite to affection. I loved that so much. <laughs> I love, did you hear my reaction? Ooh, <laughs> that was good oh like i'm you. imagining those characters right now and like with the, oh that would have been oh i would have been in it yeah i would have been so in it because it is like the spite like love and hate so close together you need the intensity of both because that makes the other one stronger when you feel a lot of hate then you feel a lot of love at the end and i wanted more hate to feel a little bit more love oh Hey, that was so good. Like, I just got so excited, which is like the thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I don't, I completely agree with you. I feel like Catalina didn't have enough reason or I didn't, I couldn't feel the reason as to why she hated him so much. Yes. Or like, I couldn't really feel the reason why, you know, her relationship with Daniel was like such a failure or like yeah. was such a disaster. Like, I, I can understand like the whole thing of like, and we'll get to this with like, She's her professor. People said bad things about her. All of those things, right? But, like, it was built up so much of, like, oh, the incident, you know? So I was expecting a lot more. Yeah. I And not necessarily, like, that is a bad thing. And, like, you know, the trust issues could come from that. And you would never want that to happen to anyone. No. But I also didn't feel the severity of it. Yes. And also, I kind of wanted... Daniel to kind of be more of a jerk I'm not saying he was a good guy but also I feel like he could have been I mean he's kind of built up to be this guy that you want to show in your face that you have a boyfriend right like you want to prove to him that he didn't break you and so I kind of wanted with Daniel for there to just be a little bit more like wow this guy really did suck and thank goodness she's happy now Mm. I kind of wish that Daniel was in it more and was nice just so we could see why Catalina was first attracted to him. Yeah. 
And then through, as we got to know him more, we could see more and more of like little comments that he made. Yeah. Or his little actions. Like passive aggression. Yes. Yes. I wish we had seen like just like the two sides of that a lot more. Yes. And then like, I, I kind of wanted Aaron and Daniel to have more interactions. I did too. And I thought that, because I felt like that could have been, like you said, played more where you kind of have that bro versus bro, boyfriend versus boyfriend competition of, you know, even during the soccer game where you're already competitive, you know, your blood's running and things like that. I thought there could have been a little bit more clashing between them. And I felt like there kind of needed to be that clash to kind of, again, add that intensity to the fake dating, to add gravity to it for her to be like, hey, you know, thanks for what you did with Daniel or something like that where he did something where they're then having to confront their feelings on whether or not they're real. Plus, I kind of wanted, like, an old man versus young man thing. Because I know, like, Daniel isn't technically old, even yeah. though he's 41. Mm. Um, but I wanted, like, when he called um, Aaron boy, Yeah, I wanted there to be more of that. Yeah, oh my goodness, <laughs> because that was just that passive-aggressive, like, you, like, I wanted to dig into that. Like, yes. I wanted to feel it and, like, feel the I want the, the trauma. Yeah, the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> like, I almost kind of wish that it was more telenovela-esque. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Because... I, I felt like there could have been more reactions and more, yeah, kind of more oomph. Like, even if it's exaggerated. I mean, fake dating is kind of exaggerated as it is because it is kind of a situation that is very nearly impossible. So I do wish that there had been a little bit more. Yeah, it's already impossible. So we're just like, go with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of, I really want it to run. Um, but I will say one of my favorite scenes with Catalina and Aaron was probably the airplane ride. Not only because it was giving me the proposal vibes about how he was actually listening to her and he knew everything she was saying and he could recount it, but because, I don't know, I felt like it was very sweet. And it's like the first time they're out of the office setting and they're kind of going to someplace different. Like you can feel that the vibe is starting to change. So I will say that was one of my favorite scenes. There is something about public transportation that is like surprisingly romantic yeah because it's like two people that are like you have to be there with each other like Mm -hmm. you can't get off you have to wait till your destination so you have that time with them yes and it's like i mean there's not a lot you can do there so you might as well oh i don't know talk yeah like you're sequestered you can't just sit in silence for nine hours nope and also, it's like you're you're public, but you're not really public because even though there's people around you, it feels very private. Yes. So yes. I will say, oh man, when folks do this, it kind of stresses me out. When she had like the chocolate on her cheek and oh then my gosh. Eric brush it off, oh. and then he licked oh. off his finger. That I was like, why is this a thing? We've read this in Crave. We've read this in Twilight. And I think we read this in the love hypothesis. <laughs> what is it about like wiping something off of someone's face and then licking it? You know, I'd almost prefer if he licked it off of her face. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I was not expecting that. I don't know. It could be because of this one scene in an anime. (laughs) To be be discovered. (laughs) But, like, the whole thing with, like, the thumb and then in the mat. I don't know. It's just a little overplayed. I, I don't, I, I'm sure, I don't know if I find it attractive. I don't know. I either. think that's my thing is that mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. So every time it happens, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. I get weird about it. Also, I know I mentioned this in the love hypothesis, but there's something, I don't know if this actually happens in real life, but every time there's a spicy scene, 
The aftermath of it is usually the love interest, the male love interest, usually gets like really possessive and like protective. Not like really, not like like extreme. Yeah, but not he, like alpha wolf. Yes, yeah. but he becomes more p- protective. And like involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that happen? Actually, I don't necessarily mind that because I don't know. To me, I'm like, oh, it's a confirmation of true love. <laughs> Now, it kind of depends on how it's written for me and, like, Mm -hmm. how the guy deals with it. Like, if they're possessive, I don't like it. But if they're protective, I do. So it kind of depends on the scenario. I didn't mind it with Aaron because I didn't feel like it was, like, look at my woman, I'll kill you sort of thing. I just felt like it was, I want to be a fixture at your side. I want to be here. I want to be someone that you can consider yours kind of thing. See, I think for me, I would rather a guy be softer towards me, Mm. more gentle, rather than... Condescending, rude, and arrogant. (laughs) Like, let's say post-coital. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, after that, you know, like, the the, the men became, like, very protective and everything. I'd rather that they became softer with me. Mm. So not so, like, hard. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I mean, I'm into soft boys, though, so that could also be it. You are into soft boys. I am. That is a thing. Oh, I will say, there was this one scene that I actually really, really appreciated. Ooh, which one? And it's when Aaron and Catalina are in Spain, and they're having dinner with Isabel and Catalina's parents, and Isabel's um, fiancé, his parents, and his brother, obviously, Daniel. Yes. And I love that after Catalina talks to Daniel, like, Aaron can see that she's distressed about something, that she's upset. But he doesn't immediately, like, go up to her and, like, make a scene about it. He just kind of, like, sits there and, like, secretly makes sure that she's okay. Because he knows if he makes a scene, it's going to make it worse for her because he understands her situation. Yes. It was a subtle, silent understanding. I'm telling you, silent communication is really hot. It's so good. I mean, it's also because, like, her, again, I might just relate. With the Hispanic relatives, like, I don't want to make a scene in front of my family. And so for him to have the tact to just look at her, know she's upset, know how to comfort her discreetly so that things aren't worse for her, that was attractive. Yeah, that was hot. Yeah. I was like, wow, the ability to comfort someone is hot? <laughs> like, because, like, in, in typically, I, I would imagine the male love interest would be like, what did he do to you? Yeah, like, a little bit go, more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that he wasn't in that moment because he understood the situation. Yeah, I liked that too. That was a good moment. That was a good. He has good moments. Yeah, he does. A A Ron. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about some of the side characters in this story. I personally want to start with Gerard. Oh my goodness, the jerk. The jerk, you know, we when we first meet him, you know, they're in the meeting and he's like saying like really condescending things, but not in a charming way. Like yeah. in just like a sexist, like I don't respect you way. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're just like, ugh, you're the worst and you're pot bellied and you're bald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could definitely tell with Gerard from the beginning that he was going to be kind of the kicker at the end. Mm-hmm. He was gonna be the person who made Catalina or Aaron, one of them back out. You could just tell from the get-go. He is that person. He is that jerk. I kind of wish it happened sooner. I do too. Because 
and and we can talk about this a little bit more when we kind of get more to the conflict but i do think he could have been utilized more as an antagonist for the relationship i forgot that we had that (laughs) that's fine um but we also get to meet quite a bit of catalina's family and can i just say the fact that aaron got the abuela on his side like oh my goodness that's all you need that's all you need like, yes, the mother is very important. She's very important in Hispanic culture. But your abuela, the grandmother, she's the matriarch. If you don't believe me, go watch Encanto. <laughs> go watch Coco. Okay? <laughs> that, that, they, they, they touch very well on how a matriarch has the power in a Hispanic family. And also, I mean, the fact that, like, he, he won them over, right? This kind of goes with the romance. Sorry, I just thought of another thing. But also the fact that he was willing to, like, kind of, like, study up on the, her mother language to speak with her family. Yeah, that was adorable. Like, can I just say, like, that's the dream. Yeah. Okay? A hulking boy who speaks Spanish. That's, like, my mother's dream for me to marry. <laughs> so that was great. And, like, you could definitely tell. I love that you can definitely tell, like, oh, yeah, I have that cousin. You know, if you're Hispanic. Do I have a cousin like Chato? Probably. Is my grandmother like Abuelita? Yes. Is my mother like her mother? Yes. <laughs> I saw so many similarities. You're like, is this a story about my life? Do I have to fake date someone? I was like, I wouldn't mind it. Thank you. Yeah, I think I liked meeting Catalina's family because I feel like meeting her family kind of opened a different part of her where Aaron and Catalina were finally getting to know each other through the people that they loved. And like you said, I love that he studied up on each family member, that he knew that he could keep track of them, that he wanted to to not only do a good job for her and their deal, quote-unquote, but also just to, to be a good force at her side, to show her family that he can be, that he's a respectful person and that he wants to do bo- right by their daughter or their relative. It was just really attractive. It was. Though I will say, with Catalina's family, there is one cousin that was mentioned a lot. That was Lucas. Yes. And we never saw him. Because Rosie had, Rosie, Catalina's best friend, had a crush on Lucas. Yeah, and I thought there would be more with that. Yeah. I thought there'd be like a secondary couple thing happening. I thought the same too. But it didn't happen. Yeah. And I kind of wish it it was, because it would have just like given more to the story. Yes, me too. Also would have maybe given Rosie a little bit more of a role because she kind of drops in and out of the story. She does. Based on, she's kind of like the snack friend. But I wish she had a little bit more than that. So maybe if she had a relationship with Lucas, that would kind of give her a plot line more so. Yeah, it kind of just felt like she was essentially Catalina's shoulder angel. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Where she was like, Catalina, like, this is the logical part of your outburst. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is, like, I don't think that, like, she was just kind of like her voice of reason. And that was her only place in the story. Yeah, I do think she could have been been expanded a bit. And with Charo, too, because I know you mentioned her earlier. Again, I thought she would be the person to figure out that the fake dating was fake. Because... Catalina had mentioned that herself, and so I was like, oh, okay, she's, Charles the person to watch out for. But then nothing really came of that. I mean, they, they were in the same apartment. Like, yeah. something was bound to happen. Yeah, and so I do feel like that was a little strange for it to just be mentioned and then not really come to pass. If it hadn't been mentioned, I think it would have been fine. But the fact that it was and then nothing was confronted, I do find that, I do think that was a little weird. Yeah, I would have loved for them to have, like, an actual, like, real moment. 
cry after all like when they come to terms with like the relate with their feelings like but they're like still not sure if it's real or fake but it's more of a real moment yes and then Trotter would like walk in yes and like see that and be like oh so maybe this isn't all fake yeah you know or yeah. maybe she'd come in with you know, her mom and, like, Catalina's mom and that would leave them. They all come in and, like, Chato, like, knows, like, more than they do. And, like, they're just all happy. And then Catalina's all like, oh, my gosh, I did this in front of my family. And this mm-hmm. is, like, kind of real. That whole thing. Yeah. Where it's just a little bit more of a confrontation, a little bit more dramatic. Like, we, which is the theme of this episode, I guess. Drama. I, we wanted more drama. We wanted more drama. And with Catalina's family, I did like meeting them, but I do wish we got to see their relationships a little bit more. Like, I wanted to see Catalina with her sister more. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just about conversations about Adam. Like, I wanted to know about them. Aaron. Oh, Aaron. Sorry. Have we been saying Adam? Oh, my gosh. If I've said Adam, I mean Aaron. I'm sorry. They're two A names. Or, I mean, I kind of do wish there were more side characters in terms of Aaron's side. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we get a little bit here and there. We get, like, TJ for, like, a hot second. Yeah, where did TJ go? He just appeared and disappeared. Literally. Yes. (laughs) We kind of get Aaron's father, and that's about it. Yeah, we do get mention of his mother. Um, But she wasn't really, like, a character. Yeah, she was just more so, like, his past. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of wish there was a side character that was kind of, like, more on Aaron's side. Yeah, I think that could have helped to build out his personality and give Catalina more of a chance to see a different side of him with a different person. Aaron kind of actually had no one. He seemed very lonely. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Aaron. I'm sorry I called you Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, yeah, it almost feels like his character wasn't quite complete. It's almost as if, like, an almost complete stand-in was there. But, like, the real person didn't come in. Yeah, I wanted him to have a little bit more of what Catalina had. Because Catalina had a lot of worries and fears and self-doubts. And I kind of wanted to see that more displayed in him. Because he was more so the role of the comforter, the supporter. You know, kind of like that. Where I would have maybe liked to have seen it in turn. Mm. And we kind of do get that, but not enough. Yeah, because at the ending, she does kind of... She goes to... Aaron to comfort him with his father, but I just do wish there was a little bit more of that throughout the story. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole thing with Daniel, but we'll get to that. Yes, the conflict. Well, kind of. Kind of. Like, I really wish that hadn't been a bigger deal. Yeah. It, well, he. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Now, let's talk about the f- conflicts in the story. I feel like there's two main ones. We have Daniel, of course, which Daniel's the ex-boyfriend. He's basically the reason why Catalina needs a fake boyfriend to go to this wedding because he's the brother of the groom. So he's kind of one conflict. The other conflict is Gerard, who is the sexist, condescending co-worker who you can tell just is against Catalina from the start. And then I guess like a third minor conflict is um, Aaron's dad. Very minor. Very minor. So what were your thoughts on the conflict? How did they impact the story? Did you like how they impacted the story? Well, with Daniel, with Daniel in particular, I'm really petty. I'm a very petty person. And so for me to see in a book the chance to make an ex jealous or to spite an ex, that's really satisfying for me to read. And I wish they had done more with it. Yeah. 
I don't feel like, well, because Daniel still feels really unresolved to me. Yeah. Even after the confrontation that Catalina had with Daniel, I felt like things were still open-ended and I had, I had the feeling that he was going to come back at any second, but then he never did. No. I kind of wish he did, Daniel did go to the wedding with his fiance. Um, and then we saw him maybe seeing, like, kind of regretting, like, letting Catalina go mm-hmm. and seeing the conflict between Daniel and his fiance, mm-hmm. and then between Aaron and Daniel because of Aaron getting mad at Daniel for doing that. Yes. Or, like, even if Daniel was trying to prove Aaron as a fraud or prove that their relationship wasn't real or something like that, that would just add a little bit more importance because he was literally the reason she did this, basically. Mm-hmm. He was the one who left her heartbroken. He was the one that kind of created this rift between her and her family of pity and just like self-doubt. And so I really did want there to be more of something with him. Yeah. I mean, it was built up so much in the beginning, like, oh, I'm going to have to go to this wedding and see my ex. And it ended up so badly. You know, we were, it was like alluding to a lot of like what had happened. And like when we finally found out that like Daniel was her professor, which I mean, kinky, if you ever, she was 19. That's another story. (laughs) She was 19 dating her professor who was 13 years older than her. He's 41. She's 28 in the present. Oh, I didn't calculate that. Mm -hmm. Oh. So I'm guessing that's also a source of contention. I mean, I also would have loved to see her parents being like, hey, here's an an age-appropriate man for you, an Aaron. Yeah. Right? Being like, oh, yeah, he, Aaron's a lot better for you than Daniel is because he's age appropriate. Yeah. And like, he respects you, and we can tell he'd never abandon you. And also, Daniel is also the conflict in that because of their past relationship, Catalina really is hesitant to enter into a relationship with Aaron after he's been promoted to, to a boss, which. Again, I didn't feel like this was quite deep enough of a fear for her to not pursue Aaron still. Yeah. Because it's a really big deterrent. Actually, it's basically the reason they kind of break up at the end, Catalina and Aaron, is because she's like, I can't get into a situation again where I'm kind of the... um, The one who's gossiped about. Yeah. Where I'm putting a... Where, where I'm in a relationship with a superior, mm-hmm. basically. And I just felt like there needed to be more reason because the, the solution was just a little too easy. Yeah. Um, and it was too easy to, like, to not, for it to be made as big of a deal of. I don't think I said that right, but it was, like, too big of a deal to have such an easy solution. That's yeah. what I mean to say. With Daniel, I almost wish that she, that Catalina had lingering feelings for him. Right? But she was in the midst of fake dating with Aaron. And I would have wished that Catalina and Aaron hadn't been at that place hadn't been at a place where they were like oh this might be real and her like still kind of like having lingering feelings for daniel and like aaron seeing that like i would have rather like having more of that than what we got or even just daniel having lingering feelings for catalina because i felt like he kind of did yeah and so i thought he was going to try to insert himself into more scenes with them and kind of try to sabotage or kind of get under her skin but again, didn't quite come to fruition, so. Yeah, I kind of thought that, like, since he didn't go to the wedding with his fiance, I was like, oh, like, maybe something happened, but he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. And now he wants to go after Catalina because he's seen her and he sees that it's, she's happy and he doesn't want her with another man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then we didn't even get, like, a goodbye scene with Daniel. No. 
Um, and so I felt like he was too important, too much of her motivation to kind of be left so unimportant. Open and, yeah. It's very open-ended. Very open-ended. Like, we, like, I, I almost would have wanted to see more scenes where they, oh, Catalina and Aaron were there in their fake dating, but like getting more real and then like Daniel being the only one to witness that. Like, yeah. Like kind of walking into that and like seeing his face and his reaction and like in turn seeing Aaron's reaction and then that whole thing. Or like maybe Daniel starts spreading gossip and it's him this time who's kind Ooh. of the source. And so then Catalina can kind of have an arc within herself of even though she wasn't able to stop it last time, this time she's she nips the gossip in the bud. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not going through this again with you. And then she kind of takes control that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay, with the whole, like, open day thing that she was planning, that scene went by in, like, a paragraph. Yes. And I was like, this whole time you've been planning this thing, and it's like, oh, this is after my sister's wedding. And you kind of expect there this uh, this event to be kind of big to the story because she and Aaron had planned for it and everything. But nothing ever comes from that either, and that's where I thought, like, the the, like, the conflict of them breaking up or, like, coming back together would happen. Yes. And I kind of wanted it to because it's supposed to be an office romance. Yes. But then it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was a little disappointed by that. Well, because, like you said, it was literally, it was kind of like the catalyst for Aaron and Catalina to work together. It was kind of their first time working together before even the fake dating. And so it was weird to not witness that event in person as the reader. To see how it went. Did they succeed? You know, did they, you know, were they proud of each other for doing it? You know, things like that where it could have been a climactic moment, where it could have been. It's just, I think in the book, there were things that were mentioned too often that made it seem like it would happen. So like the open day, Charo, you know, these certain factors that seems like were going to make a reappearance but didn't. And so it was kind of hard the plot didn't flow as well because of it. I kind of wish the whole conversation with Gerard at the end would have happened at that event. Yes. Because in that case, it was like, oh, everything has been put on Catalina in that instance. And like that's a source of contention for her. But then it's also she doesn't have the respect of her coworkers, which is the embodiment of Gerard. And then like this whole thing that she had in the past is kind of coming to fruition with people kind of talking about her dating her boss. And, like, and at this event that, like, has a lot writing on it for her career, like, that's where the stakes could have been placed. Yes, yes. And then it would have been so much more fulfilling for her coworkers to stand up for her afterward because they'd go, Catalina, we've worked with you for years. We know who you are as a person, and this is not it. This is, like, the gossip isn't who you are. You know, I feel like it would have been a lot more fulfilling that way instead of, like, this. We didn't even see her coworkers stand up for her. That no. was just mentioned in passing. And again, I felt like the situation with Gerard was was solved too easily to warrant the the conflict that it did and the separation that it did. Like you said, at that event, I think it would have been really good because it would have literally been the personification of Catalina's fears of literally having the physical gossip and outlook and her peers seeing her in this position again. But this time it's different. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Now, Tate, what did you think about the ending? I wish that the ending was a little bit longer because, well, okay. With the ending, we, of course, have the breakup, quote-unquote. Catalina ultimately realizes that 
Aaron's worth fighting for, that this is something they can get over. She realizes that his father has cancer. She goes out to help him happily ever after, basically. I feel like with the ending, it didn't quite hold a punch because on Aaron's side, with his father, this could have been an emotional conflict for him that I think could have really helped his character and his emotions and his um, his persona throughout the story if we had actually known about it. Because for his dad to have cancer to be thrown in at the end, it just felt too much like a throw-in. It didn't really feel like it mattered. It didn't really feel like it was intended to change any characters or to affect the plot or to really make anything happen. It just felt like a reason for Aaron to be gone. Or I wish it would have been more personal and something that mattered a little bit more. And then they do get back together pretty easily, which I don't mind. You know, of course you want them together. But I do wish that there was more separation where you did feel the pain and loss a little bit. Because I think they're not separated for long. I think it's like 10 to 20 pages, if I had to guess. And I think in time it was like four days. Yeah, it was it was barely anything at all. And so I wanted to feel that distance a little bit more so that the reunion felt a lot more like a reunion, Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, you guys almost weren't together, but you were, you fought for each other. I really didn't feel that fight. I wish that I did because I love when characters fight for each other. Like at the end of (laughs) Spider-Man, the amazing spider Anyways. Oh my gosh. Their chemistry is still insane to me. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I wanted that. Um, for me, I completely agree with you on that point. I don't really have anything else to say about that, (laughs) but for me, it was also the epilogue. Um, where it's just kind of like describing their happy ending. To me, so many things were just mentioned in passing. Yeah. That it never felt resolved to me. Like all of a sudden we hear one year later, okay? Isabel is pregnant. Aaron spent Christmas with Catalina's family. Yes. They're all coming to Montauk for some reason, which we're assuming is an engagement, but we're not quite confirmed. Because Catalina, essentially, she calls in her thoughts Aaron, her husband, but she's like, even though he hasn't proposed yet. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I would like to see that. Yeah, like, I wanted to see the engagement with her family and everything. I wanted to see Isabel be pregnant. I want Aaron and Catalina to be talking about what happened to Gerard and, like, how he got his his own comeuppance. Come up. That's the word. Thank you. <laughs> how he got his own comeuppance, all of that. So, so many things were just mentioned in passing that I just wish that we'd just gone to see it. Yeah, me too. And I mean, the book is like 500 pages long, so I can kind of see why the ending was what it was. But she honestly could have, the author honestly could have taken out a lot of things in the beginning and given it more to the end. Yes, I think the same. I think the beginning didn't have to have as much as it did. Where I feel like it was it, 500 pages a lot. I feel like you could get through a lot of things with that. And I don't feel like the 500 pages was quite utilized in the way that it could have been. Yeah. Now, whether or not there is a sequel, there is not a confirmed sequel. I, I think this is pretty much a standalone. It might be a standalone. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like a standalone. But nonetheless, we like to make predictions for sequels. So... If the Spanish Love Deception got a sequel, what do you think would happen? Okay. I think there are a couple things that could happen. So, obviously, there's going to have to be conflict. Because who just wants to read 400 pages of just happy couples? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, there was this one thing that happened in the story where Aaron and Catalina are in their apartment. And Catalina's 
aunt and mom and grandma, I think, are all there with her cousin. And they're kind of asking Aaron, like, oh, well, like, are you serious about Erlena? Like, what do you think about kids? That kind of thing. Yes. And Aaron's like, yeah, I want a bunch of kids and, like, a dog and to get married. And marriage is my favorite institution, all these things. And then Catalina's like, mm, maybe we'll get more dogs than yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, they, once they're engaged, because obviously that's kind of like the, the inference at the end. My thought is that they butt heads over whether or not they're going to have kids. Oh, interesting. You know, like they love each other so much, but this is like kind of a deal breaker kind of moment. And like them kind of like going through that. I think it also, um, Aaron would probably get another promotion at work. Mm. And so it'd be higher on the chain. So we'd have to work more so he doesn't see her as often. Mm. And then Catalina would feel very kind of like, distant from him and she wouldn't like that because with daniel he was also really into his work and we see that side of it oh that's a good one yes mm-hmm. yes um i think by the end of that sequel they will have kids though that's just my thing <laughs> <laughs> what do you think would happen so i think as a prediction that the spanish love deception the sequel would be called the american love deception oh because catalina's family's coming to america now and i feel like kind of like you mentioned that catalina and aaron would announce that they're getting engaged or that he proposes to her so i think the second book it would start off with the proposal and everyone's excited and happy and her family's maybe staying in new york for two weeks I think, like you said, Aaron would maybe get a promotion or maybe he'd have to be outsourced to a different state. He'd be long distance. Their relationship would have to survive that distance, the physical distance, the emotional distance. Maybe during that time, there's a new hire in the office who maybe can kind of, who starts to fill that void that Catalina's feeling with Aaron gone. Kind of like a love triangle. Ooh. And so the second book to me would kind of be like the testament of will their relationship last when they're not in close proximity? And will having Catalina's family in America now, like how would that affect and change things? Would there be too much pressure? Would there be too much, too many people involved? You know, kind of like a reverse of this, of the first book. I like your idea. No, your idea was so I genius. Know, I like your idea. No, it was, was so good. good. The American love design. That's good. That's good right there. I liked that. You should write books. <laughs> I like how. I think <laughs> the thing. Okay, okay. All in all, all in all. The thing is, the only reason why Tay and I would be able to even come up with things and like get excited about maybe other situations that would happen to these characters is because the characters were written in a way where we could do that. True. Where the story was written, where we would get, we, we did get a little bit excited about the romance and we did like the settings and we did like the characters and like this was, this happened really well. So like, I know we do talk a lot about like, oh, we wish this would happen. But the only way we can do that is if there's already the foundation for that. Yes. If we didn't have any interest, then we wouldn't care. Yeah. And so sometimes sometimes we may seem like we're kind of bombarding a book a little bit. <laughs> but I do think it's just because we're passionate about it because we either see a ton of potential or we really did enjoy a lot of aspects of it. But our enjoyment maybe want us like we wanted a little bit more from it. Yeah. Like we, we have high expectations. We, we want more. Yes. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. We're picky. It's okay. You know, everyone else who picks up this book probably won't have an issue at all. Probably not. But that's okay. <laughs> so it's just us. It's just us. But also, we'll make you lower your expectations so that then, no matter what, you have a good time. That's true. 
And that's what we do here. That's that's all we aspire to. That's our intention all along. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the subtitle of our of our of our book podcast name. What yeah. the finer print? Yeah, <laughs> asterisk. Can I also do the heart? Oh heck yeah. <laughs> We should do that one for all the contemporary ones. Yeah, we should. <laughs> like that one. <laughs> we are now going to be playing What Would You Do? We have four minutes to pose four questions slash scenarios that pertain to the Spanish love deception. Question one is, if you overheard someone say that they didn't want to work with you, like Catalina does with Aaron in the story, how would you react? I would just avoid that person at all costs. Oh, definitely, yeah. I'd just be like, you suck. I'm still going to be polite to you, but that's it. Like, we're not even going to be work friends. No. Like, you're cut off (laughs) from all of this. (laughs) Yeah, I would turn wholly into myself, Mm -hmm. and I would just basically never want to interact with them again, but I still would because I would be polite and cordial, but I would also just try to avoid you at all costs. I think I would also just try to make their lives harder in really minuscule <laughs> ways in that like, oh, we only have one stapler and it's usually in this one place. I would like move it if I know that they they they, they would have to use it. You put just, it in jello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like move it like someplace really far away so they have to walk all the way and then I'll walk <laughs> all the way back. Just like really little petty things like that. I would continue on as normal, but I also would never be able to kind of forget that they said that. Oh, yeah. I would never be able to forget, which is why I become petty. <laughs> if you had a brief your love interest on your family, how would you describe your parents, siblings, etc.? So I would describe my mom as someone who is incredible, out of this world, creative and fun. But if you do anything to hurt me, she will bury you in a place no one will ever find you. Milf. <laughs> <laughs> Did I shout Milf out of family barbecue? Maybe. <laughs> She would. Your mom would hunt them down. And with my sister, I would go, hey, listen, I, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, and I get that my sister's really beautiful, but if you could not fall in love with her, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Kenna's really pretty. Yeah. The jerk. <laughs> I mean, for me, the one thing I'd just be like is my family's very blunt. You're probably going to be insulted. You're just going to have to learn how to take it. Like. Literally, my mom's going to ask you inappropriate questions. She's going to try to overfeed you. My siblings will ask you what you do, how much money you make, like all of these things. Are you still in school? Like how tall are you? Like just you're, you're and then they're going to like tell you stories and like they're going to be very charismatic, but at the same time, they'll kind of like indirectly insult you, but you're going to, you're no, no, no. You can't just take it. You have to be able to give it back. <laughs> you got to have that banter, the familial banter. Yeah. If you can't handle that, you can't handle my family. Also, there's this one particular story that I tell people, um, to see if they can handle my family. And if they can't handle that story, they can't handle my family. I know the story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now for the third question, if you didn't want to go to your sister's wedding alone, how would you convince someone to be your fake partner? Bribery. Yeah. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you in food. I'll play, pay you in money. Just pretend like you like me and then we can just get it over with. I mean, I'm, I'd be like, hey, you can go to Spain for three days if you do this thing. 
Yeah. Like, so what? You have to touch my waist. That's fine. Like, you will be okay. Yeah. I will feed you good food. I mean, yeah, you have to, like, socialize with people, but, like, you get food, you get the view, you get the experience. Yep. And also, you get me, who is hilarious. Yeah. And humble. (laughs) Comedian right here. (laughs) So, honestly, like, I probably couldn't. Yeah, in real life, I would never. Like, the, the thought of fake dating scares me so much. I'm actually more comfortable with fake dating than I am with real dating, but it still scares me. Yeah, I could never ask someone to pretend to like me. <laughs> yeah, no. No. What is a term of endearment you would use to convince your family you were madly in love with someone? Honestly, the fantasy part of me would be like, oh, my little cute endearment, like my star, my mountain, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But I think me in reality, it would probably be like, oh, yeah, like, this is the idiot. You know, like, <laughs> like, kind of roasty endearments. I mean, mine would probably come from, probably in Spanish, honestly. Um, But also come from, like, an experience with him. Oh, that's cute. So, like, if he, like, spilled guacamole on him, I'd be like, oh, el guaco, <laughs> el mole. <laughs> or just something like that um yeah yeah it has to come from an experience it can come from an experience or if i'm just trying to convince my family i just be like hey babe hey hey babe (laughs) baby (laughs) hey the lover Mm. of my life (laughs) no i know what it'd be what because this is what my mom calls all of us so it's it's my love but in spanish it'd be mi amor oh Okay, that's, that's really cute. Okay, yours wins. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot better than idiot. So, <laughs> but yours is endearing. Uh, no, <laughs> or mine would just be oye pendejo. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about the Spanish love deception by Elena Armas. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh happens.